0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of The Ryan and Rush Show. On today's episode, the Penn Quakers come to town. West Virginia tries to stop Kansas State's bid for the Big 12 championship. And Jay Coons and I have a bet. All ahead on The Ryan and Rush Show. And we welcome you back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush. He's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush show and we're virtual today, but we're getting right into it. Ryan, the Penn State Quakers or the Quackers, as you like to call them, come to town tonight. Ivy League school, a good Ivy League school, actually are projected to win the Ivy League this year. Usually what we see with Ivy League teams is right. Obviously, they're a lot smarter, play a lot more team cohesion and make up for what they lack athletically. When we're playing Penn tonight or playing at school like Penn, what goes into a game like this?
1: So in terms of football, think of like Army, Navy, Air Force, a triple option. They play a different brand of basketball. For basketball, when we played Richmond a couple of years ago, they play a similar style with their Princeton offense. So it is something unique that you're not going to see the rest of the year with their offense and the preparation that goes into it. But Hugs has traditionally had really good success against the Princeton offense because of the way his defense is structured.
0: And how does the Princeton offense work?
1: So they run everything through the, they call it the elbow, the high po- high mm-hmm. post area, where they got to throw the ball to their big man. And basically their big man is basically like a point forward or point guard, whatever term you want to use. And that sets up back cuts, uh, flare screens, and st- different terms like that. That are that are tricky to guard. If you let them throw the ball to where they want to throw the ball and dictate where they want to go, then they're hard to guard. But the beautiful thing about Huggs' defense and why he's had success against Richmond, and then all the way back to the Big East days against Georgetown when John Thompson was there running the Princeton offense, is Huggs' defense takes away what you want to do, and he's going to keep the ball at the high post. So that kind of just forces Penn into doing more ball screens, which they're not accustomed to doing as much um in their comfort areas
0: so a game like tonight right is we talked about obviously west virginia big 12 schedule is Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 a bloodbath out there it's everyone's beating up on each other and our non-con is a little harder uh this year with you know we have the tournament next week and we'll we'll preview that all next week um You know, we have UAB, we have a couple big games, uh, Xavier, we have to play. So definitely a game tonight where we're 15 and a half point favorites and we can't take this game lightly. We know that as we brought up earlier, Penn's favorite to win the Ivy League, they're returning nine players that score double digits. It's how, how do we keep a team like the Penn Quakers in check tonight?
1: Well, you got to take them out of their stuff first. But then also they want to play kind of like Army and Navy and Air Force and football. They want to play a slow tempo where they walk it up, they run 20, 25, even 30 seconds off the shot clock and drag the game into the mud. We got to get out in transition and wear them down with our athleticism because they are an Ivy League school team. We are the superior team when it comes to athleticism and talent. So if we can take them out of what they want to do and dictate our tempo, we'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, and that's something that's going to be a test tonight right for West Virginia. Something that we saw problems with last year and we saw a little bit uh the game against uh the Eagles on on Tuesday and you know a little bit against Mount St. Mary's is we can sometimes get into that trap of dribbling the ball and next thing we know it's the shot clock's at 5 seconds and the whole stadium's yelling at the team to to shoot or put something up. So, it'll definitely be a good a test to see if we can come out of that, especially with how slow Penn wants to play the game. And if we're able to just get those fast breaks, you know, keep pressing, pressing, um, you know, are we have, you know, they may be a little deep too when nine returning players that can score double digit points, but I have a feeling that we're deeper, we're bigger and we're stronger. And I just keep pushing and pushing the ball. And maybe this is a game we talked about uh, being cleaning up the fouls a little bit, not fouling so early, but you know, I think there's also a couple of those games where maybe it's not a bad idea to come out hacking a little bit um, and and show who's who's the boss around.
1: Yeah, no, we need to dictate the tempo right away and hit them in the mouth. You can't. This is another team. I mean, kind of like Moorhead and uh, Mount Saint Marys. You can't let these mid majors gain confidence because all of a sudden we see it in March Madness every single year. You mess around for what the first half, and then a little bit into the second half, that underdog. Uh, mid-major gets more and more confident, and then all of a sudden, shots that weren't falling all of a sudden are falling. You get a bad bounce here or there, and next thing you know, you're in a dogfight at the under-four timeout coming down the stretch.
0: Yeah, and I think we see that every year in March Madness is these Ivy League teams, I mean, whether they win or lose, they do create noise, and initial noise, especially in that the round of 64. So they're, they're teams. They play smart, obviously. They're, they're Ivy League schools, so definitely... Have to counter that with aggressiveness, athleticism, and 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 just take it right to them. um Something else I wanted to ask you, Ryan, is maybe we should have uh, brought this up on the preview show with Ethan Bach or, or earlier in the season, but it's never too late. So when you were at Austin P, you were a uh, director of uh, basketball operations, right? So in charge of scheduling and and everything that goes into that. How are some of these non conference schedules decided? How do we? I know it's kind of an agreement between the schools. Just kind of curious the background on on how how all of that works. How did we decide to play Penn?
1: Yeah, uh, usually it is the director of basketball operations. For us, the last couple of years, it's been Josh Eilert, who recently got promoted to assistant coach. So he did all the scheduling for this one because at the time, he was the director of ops. And kind of the workflow is Josh just reaches out to different teams and we coordinate, hey, which days work for you? What do you have available and then what, how much money you're going to get. And that's between the two schools. Some universities or high majors are able to give more than uh, other high major universities based off of their budgets, I guess. And I, for for a mid-major on that side of things, I want to travel where I can go on a bus trip. Because why are you playing a bye game? Because you yeah. want to fund your athletic department and your program for that year. So if you can go on a bus trip two, three hours like Mount St. Mary's versus having to go to the West Coast, you don't have to pay for uh, what 30 to 40 plane tickets mm-hmm. uh and that 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 adds up quickly and then um obviously you got to pay for the hotels and stuff like that so that's what goes into all these buy games cuz everybody's probably wondering why do they play these cupcakes it it helps fund these athletic departments at the lower level and i mean for west virginia you play an 18 game gauntlet plus a pk uh legacy tournament coming up and the sec uh big East challenge and the or sorry, the Big 12 Biggies challenge and then the SEC challenge as well. So you got to have a couple games where you can get the younger guys some reps so that they can keep developing rather than just playing practice.
0: Makes sense. No, I, yeah. I appreciate those insights. Um going to to wrapping this up is the we've already talked about being aggressive and, and everything that goes into that. What are your three keys to victory tonight against the Penn Quakers?
1: So number one, defensive discipline. I touch on it. This is a different opponent. We're not going to see this offense the rest of the year. It's unique. Uh, Luckily, it's not a one-day prep, so it's multiple days. So defensive discipline, keep the ball out of the high post, dictate where they are going to run their offense from, not where they want to run their offense from. Uh, Number two, value offensive possessions. Last game we had 11 turnovers. Let's see if we can get that thing below 10 because Penn's not going to be this aggressive defensive team. They're going to sag it in make you shoot over the top, uh, make shots over them, and hope that you miss and that they rebound it. And last but not least, this is about West Virginia, not Penn. Continuing your identity of this team, hitting Penn in the mouth, not overlooking them, not looking to Purdue and the PK legacy next week. Take care of business, get to 4-0, and let's uh, move on to Portland.
0: Love it. Love it, Ryan. Uh, so the game tonight is at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Switching to another game that's on ESPN plus and trust me, Ryan, we are due. We keep talking about it due for an ESPN (laughs) plus event session, but we do have some games this weekend that are more important. Um, Kansas state comes to town. I'm pretty sure games at two o'clock tomorrow. Uh, Kansas state needs to win this game to to if they win this game, then they're going to looks like they'll be playing TCU in the big 12 championship. West Virginia, believe it or not, sells the opportunity to make it to a bowl if they beat Kansas State and then go to Stillwater next week and win. Um it looks like it's probably going to be the battle of the backup quarterbacks uh, Garrett Green for West Virginia, which I think is the smart call see what he's capable of. and then will Howard. Uh, I was joking when we were doing our um, pre-show setup. It seems like everyone at Kansas State, every quarterback either has the last name Howard or Thompson. Like, I keep seeing those names in rotation every year. I guess Martinez broke it up a little bit um, this year. Uh, Kansas State, seven and a half point favorites coming to Morgantown. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this game? You were really high on Kansas State to to start the season being causing noise and potentially winning the Big 12.
1: Yeah, no, they were my uh, preseason pick, and they're right there to pull it off. Because if they do win on Saturday, they're going to go to the Big 12 Championship and play TCU. And I don't think they lose much with the junior uh, Will Howard, who's six foot five from PA. I mean, you look at his two starts against Oklahoma State, twenty-one to thirty-seven for four touchdowns against Baylor uh, last weekend, nineteen to twenty-seven for three touchdowns on the year, nine nine to one touchdown interceptions. And he came in relief in that TCU game, and when Martinez went down on the first play, and they were up twenty-eight to ten because of how well he played. But then he got hurt, and the third string, third stringer came in, and kind of the wheels fell off. So we're—I mean—they're not losing much uh, with Will Howard. This is going to be a really, really hard game. And obviously, the weather is going to play a factor with how cold it's going to be in Morgantown this weekend.
0: Well, which does help us. We do play well in Morgantown. I like that the game's at 2 o'clock. I know that it's been snowing there. I already uh, made it back home uh, to Northern Virginia for for the holidays. So you've been keeping me updated with all the um, updates yes. out there. Uh, I I definitely think that can play to West Virginia's advantage, slow down. Um, Howard and his abilities to throw the ball. And I think it's a, another great, you know, last week against Oklahoma, I was at the game. It was raining cats and dogs. It was gross outside. Uh, you know, Oklahoma comes up here. I know Kansas State, they're used to cold weather, they're used to bad weather, but this is a game where Garrett Green helps you out again and really establishing that run and really keeping the defense on their heels and being like, are they going to throw or are they going to pass? And I think with him having that that dual option that that just being able to be so multidimensional um it it really shows that we need to see what he's capable of these last two games and it shows hey you know we know not to look ahead to oklahoma state but we know that that they got their backup quarterback too, gundy sons playing and they've definitely kind of fall from grace if if we can figure out a way to squeak this game out is i really calling crazy it was all doom and gloom and you know, Morgantown here a couple of weeks ago, I guess it's kind of still been that way, especially with Shane Lyons going out, but I think we have a shot here. We just, we got to come out firing. Garrett Green has to look and keep that energy he had last week and just really just, I guess, just be smart with the ball and, and just do what he's capable of doing.
1: Yeah, and Neil Brown is two and one against K-State in his three years. So this is, I mean, this is a must win for both teams. So it's, I'm looking forward to watching this one. You already touched on it with us. Gotta add the last two just to get to a bowl and be bowl eligible. And K State's got to win just to uh get to Dallas and get their rematch with TCU.
0: I like it. So definitely a good game tomorrow, uh, two o'clock on on the good old ESPN plus. Uh looking forward to that vent session down the road. Maybe it works out for us this weekend. Uh, I'm not counting on it, but this this whole streaming with with sports games. We saw it last night with Prime. It's just it's just not fun. Um, but no, anyway, not good. Anyway, uh wanted to give everyone might be like, oh, Rush, why are you wearing your Patriots uh, sweatshirt? What, what's going on there? So yesterday, uh, I get a, Ryan and I get a text message from uh, the director of player personnel and, and recruiting, Jay Coons. We you see him on the bench, talk to him before the games. And he texts me. He's like, Rush, he's a big Jets fan. He said, Rush, this is the game that the Jets finally beat the Patriots. So we bet each other. We had when we were doing covering more nationally under Ryan and Rush. Uh, when last time the Patriots played the Jets, I said, if the Patriots lost, I would shave my beard. So if the Jets win next week, you will see Jay Coons. Well, it'll be the week after with Thanksgiving shaving my beard. I'll be shaving Jay Coons beard. If, if the Patriots win. So a little, uh, a little spiciness for, for your Sunday as well, as we go into this Friday, Saturday and Sunday slate with all these games coming up. So should be fun, Ryan. We'll 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 see what happens. Hopefully, Belichick does this thing, and and the Patriots hold on. And I have a feeling all the Steelers fans that are watching us right now are saying, "Rush, you're going down. We're we're sick of the Patriots." So, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's us against the world. I'm I'm, I'm used to it. So, sh- should hopefully be some com- fun content here in a couple weeks.
1: And the Steelers do have a big one on Sunday against the Bengals, who are coming to town. Obviously, they look like a different defensive unit with TJ Watt. And they won the opener in thrilling fashion week number one on that overtime game. So looking forward to that rematch. I kind of like the Steelers again to get it done. It feels like Tomlin finds a way to stay around that 500 mark.
0: I I'm with you, Ryan. I do like the Steelers in that position as well, especially being the, the four point underdogs. Um, They always, they always just find a way to, to play these games close, especially with Watt. Watt's the difference maker. I, I think he's definitely that quarterback of the defense is, That's just such Pittsburgh Steelers football. It's like any other team would be like, "Oh, we got this offensive player, we got this, we got our quarterback in and stuff." And the Pittsburgh Steelers are saying, "Yeah, we don't pick it, Trubisky. Oh well, I just want TJ Watt." It's just it just shows the kind of style and and just the culture of Pittsburgh, and I absolutely love it. So, hey, looking for for another. Well, I need the quad this weekend with New England, but at least for, for West Virginia sports, hopefully you got the uh the trifecta going on. We need another one, Ryan, especially before we head into the tournament next week with basketball.
1: Yeah, and then for Mountaineer fans, uh, Geno Smith and the Seahawks are on bye, so Gino's off to a great start this year. We'll see if he can continue his uh, momentum out of the bye week.
0: Love it, love it. Any final thoughts, Ryan?
1: uh no looking forward to being back at the coliseum tonight safe travels to everybody in the state i know the weather is uh hit or miss kind of today with the snow and conditions so safe travels if you're coming from the southern part or the eastern panhandle and i'll see you at the coliseum tonight go mountaineers
0: go find ryan there um shows will be virtual um next week uh thanksgiving everyone enjoy your thanksgiving happy holidays love you all definitely thankful for for the support and Everything you guys have been supportive as an audience. Really appreciate it. Have a good one. Love you.
1: Go Mountaineers.